tuning into the Backwood Church of God message of the week. We know that this message will bless you and your family. I'm going to do my very best to teach something that is heavy on my heart. I do believe that I stood in this pulpit last week under an anointing from God Almighty. I believe that I gave a message that every child of God, every person that is astray, every person prodigal, lost, needed to hear. That it doesn't matter what kind of great man you think they are or what kind of great woman you think they are, we all can fall. Now, some of you just said amen like you didn't believe what I said. Now, you just picked yourself up two days ago. Uh-huh. All of us have fallen a time or two. Somebody says, I'm glad God's a God of second chances. No, I'm glad God's a God of many chances. I'm, God that, I'm glad that I'm serving a God that is long-suffering, not willing that one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I believe that with all of my heart. But never, ever forget that as much patience as God has, God has a way he works with us. We talked about last week of how David come to that moment in his life that he was going to have to not only answer for adultery, but now murder. Now broken dreams war within his family, the sword would never leave that family until the day he died. He was a man that was logical as long as it wasn't about me and mine. Made sense what Nathan was telling him about what a rich man done to a poor man until the words were given, David, you are the man. We learned about the revelation of responsibility, of how if we want blessings, there has to be great responsibility. To, to whom much is given, much is required. Do I have anybody in here that God has given you everything that you have? Then we owe God a lot, don't we? We have also learned that through David's failure of responsibility, it brought to him a place of realness and he accepted the fact that it's me and he began to repent. But we also learn that repentance doesn't save you from repercussions. When we sow, we're going to reap. And sometimes it takes a little while, but David recognized in Psalm 51, I've sinned, I've done this. I was born a sinner. He noticed his need for God, the connection that the Father could bring to him by purifying him, by washing him to the point that he's now whiter than snow. He realized that he needed God to create within him a clean heart and needed God to renew, bring a revival of a loyal spirit within him. And of course he got to that place that we were talking just a few moments ago. Don't banish me from your presence and whatever you do, don't take your Holy Spirit 
from me. I need your connection in my life. So I ask you today, what is it? If God is a God of a more than blessing and he desires to do these things and he wants to do these things, we've even learned that even in our failure, God can clean us, make us whole, and then use us in a continual way. Repentance, restoration, all of these are biblical words and experiences if we'll open up our lives and experience them through God's grace. What is it then that restricts us? What keeps us from a full surrender to God? David's responsibilities from, was from uh, within him. But, but what about those that have struggled with those that are from without? Not everything that happens in my life is my fault, Pastor. I agree. There are, there are things that people can say and do that will wound you. What do I do when things like that happen? When it's really not my fault that I didn't intend for it to happen? What happens, Pastor, when it comes to this more than blessing, when, when, when I have been labeled by people on the outside, people that live around me, that live with me? What, what happens when I'm lied on? What happens when I am guilty by only by association? What happens, Pastor, if I have a generational curse and I'm, I'm fighting things and I'm labeled by things that have happened with generations that are before me? I, I'm the person that I am because they say that that's what my daddy was and that's what I'll be the rest of my life. I want to introduce to you a man named Jabez, a man that prayed in spite, despite, of those, these kinds of things. Life really wasn't his fault. The pain that he caused, the sorrow and the grief that he caused was really not necessarily his fault. In 1 Chronicles chapter four, in just two verses, in verse nine and verse number 10, we find the story, the powerful story of a man named Jabez. The Bible says in verse number nine of 1 Chronicles 4 that Jabez was a more honorable man than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I, I bear him with sorrow, because my labor and, and, and me bringing him into the world was so sorrowful, I'm going to label this young and the rest of his life sorrow maker. It's what Jabez means. One who causes grief. In his whole life, he heard that. You're the one that makes people sorrowful. You're the one that grieves. Every time he heard his name, that's what he heard. There's verse number nine says that this Jabez, this sorrow maker, this uh, grief causer, uh, was a man who got his name because of pain. Caused his mother during birth but was still, one translation, I like it, it says, but was still the most respected son in his family. In spite of my name, in spite of what I'm called, in spite of what's happened, I'm still not going to use that as a crutch or as an excuse for becoming the man that I can be. And so he became this honorable man 
not only to those that he lived around and lived with, but he became an honorable man unto God. Two realities. How God saw him and what everybody else called him. And Jabez, verse number 10, called on the God of Israel saying, oh, I would that you bless me indeed. I want you to enlarge my coast. How many wants a blessing from God? Throw your hand up and shout hallelujah. How many believes that you're already blessed? Throw your hand up and shout hallelujah. Then put your hands together and give him praise right now. Amen. But just because you're blessed doesn't mean that God doesn't have a more than blessing for your life. So Jabez began to call on God, the God of Israel, and he says, God, I want you to bless me indeed. God, I want you to enlarge my coast. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that Jabez didn't stop praying there, but we do. We stop in our prayer by saying, God, I need you to bless me. I need you to work this out for me. I need you to come through. God, my name is Jimmy, and I'll take all that you'll give me. God, I need more in my life. And we never explain to God how that more is going to be used for him. We just want more for more's sake. We stop there. Give me, God, but where is he in the equation of your life? He says, God, I want you to bless me. God, I want you to enlarge my coast. But then he goes on and says, and God, whatever you do, I need your hand to be upon me. I need you to keep me from evil. And God, I know by living my life as Jabez, the grief that I caused my mother and the grief that I've carried all of my life but God, I ask that you do this and do this with me and do this for me and God help me to no longer cause anybody else any grief. God granted him his request. David was used in spite of his fall. David was used in spite of his broken responsibility. God cleansed him. God cleaned him. He dealt with the repercussions the rest of his life, but through that repentance, he was able to be used of God and was used of God. Don't ever forget that your past doesn't have to label you. Your failure doesn't have to label you. And the others that are around you that limit you don't have to label you and keep you restrained anymore. Can I tell you that there is one through his grace that looks at you and is not confused about you and thinks thoughts about you and I believe that God's got great things for you. I don't care if your name is David or if your name is Jabez. God, God's got great things for you. Put your hands together and give God praise. God granted Jabez his request. I need this connection, he was saying. If I lose it, I'll fall. God, you've got to keep me from evil. David said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I can't make it without you. As I was putting this series together, my mind went to this man and to this story that is, that is very obscure in Scripture obscuring the fact that he's not mentioned like many of our heroes in the faith. Mentioned many times over and over in different books, in different chapters. 
obscure in, in the fact that that uh, that that uh, people don't know much about him if if they know anything about him. Even more so, we don't talk about him. We don't study him. We don't preach or teach about him as we should. So several several years ago now, a little small, small book was put out by a man and, 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 and this man, Bruce Wilkinson, uh, began through this little, small book uh, a teaching, a fad of teaching about Jabez in the church. Matter of fact, he just simply called that little book, he called it the prayer of Jabez. And this little book that blessed so many people, that opened up a brand new world to all of us, was all focused in on two verses. Everybody say two. Two verses. In verse nine, we notice an important fact. Our lives can, can open or close things pertaining to the blessings of God. It was the honor that his life brought it was the honor that it, the way that he lived in spite of the difficulty that, that brought God's attention toward him to want to do something for him. My, my life can be pleasing to God. My life can be honorable to God in spite of my situations. Matter of fact, I can prove to you through scripture contingencies of blessings, contingencies of blessings. We treat the blessings of God like we're entitled to them. Contingencies of blessings. If you do this, I'll do that. If you'll stay faithful here, I'll come through for you there. The blessings, the blessings of God swings many times on our life message. How much of what we do for God can be described as this way? I always do a little more than what is required or expected. I want my life to be an ornament that expresses quality and value toward God. I want my life to teach the lesson around me that I, I want to go the extra mile for God, not for the sake of salvation, not because I've got to to be saved, but because I get to because I am saved and I'm passionate about pleasing my heavenly Father. This seems to be the kind of man that Jabez was wanting to be more, wanting to do more for God. His desire was for more, not, not just for more's sake, but there was a purpose behind his seeking for blessing. But by the time we get to the end of verse 10, we find God granting Jabez his requests. And I want to say this one more time, he will ours as well. God is not a respect for persons. God, God wants to do for you. God has intentions for you. But we've got to be faithful and we've got to have faith and believe and, and call out to God and say, God, I don't want blessing. Once again, just for blessing's sake, there's a purpose in my life. And God, I want to use those blessings for that purpose and for that fulfillment that you have for me. If we can only understand the future that God has for someone as ordinary as me and as ordinary as you, the fact that God would even mention this man, this man called Jabez within those two small, brief verses in the Bible. Think about it, just two verses. Two verses is given to a man named Jabez out of approximately 31,102 verses in the Bible. I believe that's pretty obscure. Think about this, what, what, am I, what am I among the more than eight billion people that is living right now on planet Earth? 
or the, the, the masses, the millions, the bill, multiplied billions that have lived before us. But nevertheless, out of all of those billions of people, I am here. Out of all of those billions of people, I am a product, a thought of God Almighty, and I am here by divine design. I am not a mistake. I don't care what power is in or without. I am a son of Almighty God. I am a, I'm, an, I'm the apple of his eye. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of Almighty God. He's my heavenly father. What great intentions he has for my life, but what great intentions he has for all eight billion people that are living on the planet right now. You're so different to God that every one of our fingerprints are different. Every one of our DNA makeups are, are different. And then people want to tell me that this just happened, that this was just some big bang that happened. You've come too late. That it, it can't, you can't explain it by, by some uh, uh, tadpole becoming a frog and some frog becoming some kind of a, a person with, with legs and, and an ape and, and then a monkey and then whatever it was. I, 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 know, I know sometimes we look like monkeys and act like monkeys, but I promise you this one thing. I don't have enough faith to believe that this just happened. And that's exactly what happens to our kids. We send them from our churches to our colleges and that's the blarky they give them and no wonder they commit suicide. No wonder they live the way that they live. No wonder they say, we're gonna live it up until we die because after death, there's nothing else. Why is it that our values are falling if we've, we've evolved and we're just a mere slob or a blot on, 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 a, on a place called earth, and that's all we are, then live like you want to live. Lock these doors. Turn it into a dance hall, whatever. But if I have anybody in this house that's listening to me, I promise you what Genesis 1 says is very much more powerful and real than what the professor said. In the beginning, God created. And not only did God create heaven and earth, God created man. And God breathed with him life and made him a living soul. And every person on this planet is different because you are a thought of almighty God. You're here on purpose. And can I tell you one thing? God is a God that has great intentions and plans and purposes for your life. Do you want to be blessed like Jabez? God, I want you to bless me indeed. I want you to enlarge my territory. But whatever you do, don't take your hand off of me. God, I believe it's is working on my faith to expect astounding answers as a regular part of our life experience. I hope that we embrace the reality that God has a great future for all of us and that he has a great desire as our Heavenly Father to give us not only what he's given us, but much more than we could ever think or imagine. And again, not just for the sake of having. I'm getting there, just stay with me. Is the problem with humanity is the problem with the church that we're takers. 
that we want. Popular movies, show me the money. More money, more money, more money. More things. Even God's response to David through Nathan was, is that I gave you everything that you've got. And if I knew that you needed more, I would have done this and that. How many remembers that last week? But you took something that didn't belong to you. You done something that was not honorable. Nevertheless, God was able to work him and David was able to work through grace on the other side of that. But is that the kind of spirit that settles on the church in these days? I heard Willie Nelson. Many of y'all thought I was going to say, sing, he was always on my mind. I heard Willie Nelson talking to Dan Rather several months ago. Dan had asked him a few questions, and he says, all your travels, he says, what do you find that's interesting? He says, I find what's interesting that no matter if I'm in Europe or if I'm in Asia or if I'm in America, he says, no matter where I'm at, he says, I come to find that there's not a lot of difference between people. That's interesting. Now, he's probably high and don't really know what he's talking about. But let's say that that's true. But that little difference makes a great deal of difference. And it did for Jabez and it will for us. He may not, he may not compare in our thoughts anyway like Moses or, or David or the early Christians who, who turned the world upside down in the book of Acts, planted churches, done wonderful things. But that little difference that Jabez had made all the difference in the world in his life. In chapter 4, we pick up reading the descendants of Judah. Judah means praisers. I love that. I, I, hope, I'm in the, I hope I'm in that lineage of praisers. In chapter 4, you pick up the reading of the descendants of Judah and, and, and names that I will not even attempt. <laughs> Forty-four names into the chapter. All of a sudden, he stops and he breaks into this story without hesitation, talks about Jabez, and then goes back to the roll call of the tribe of Judah, picks up right after that story just like it had never happened. But there was something in that long list of the dozens and dozens of people who are named there, something stopped that writer. As I talked about last week, he had one of those psalmist Selah moments. He stopped, he paused, he thought about it. And said, wait just a minute, man, you just got to know something about this man named Jabez. Head and shoulders with the best. And I want you to grasp a hold of this. Something jumped out as I was studying this. In verse number nine, Jabez, the Bible says, was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother, and his mother called him Jabez, because I bear him in Sorrow. He caused pain. He didn't mean to. Every mama that I've ever seen could tell us about pain. Carol Burnett said that labor is like taking your bottom lip and trying to put it over the back of your head. I'm not man enough to be a woman. Don't want to be. 
But he caused pain. He caused sorrow. He, caused, he was the grief maker. The same play on words reoccurs in his prayer in the very next verse. One translation says of Jabez, uh, he prays a prayer that it, that it will not be to my, God, I want you to bless me. I need you to do this for me, but let it not be to my sorrow. There are some people that just can't handle blessing because they make it God. And I'm not talking about a big G, I'm talking about a little G. So I will not cause any more pain, the Holman Bible says. The way I live my life affects me, but the way I live my life also affects others around me. We can translate this both ways. There are people that are blessed, increased, highly favored, and don't even realize it. But Jabez was one that understood the blessings already upon his life, chose to live his life as an honorable man to his brothers and to those around him. But more than anything, he had this insatiable desire not only for blessings but for the Lord. God, that you would keep me from evil. Lord, that you would personally touch my life. I'm concerned about my life. There are more things in life. Yes, there are. But there is more to life than what we get. Jabez requested and Jabez received. When was the last time that God worked through you? When was the last time that you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God had done something through you or even in you? When's the last time you took part in a miracle? When's the last time that you experienced the supernatural? When's the last time that you thought about the eternal? When's the last time that you thought what cause is my life having for the kingdom of Almighty God? How am I shaping my eternity or someone else's eternity? It's time for us to open up our lives to God and realize the possibilities that God is affording us today. Don't believe. What one, I think it was Trump that said, you drunk the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Somebody will tell you that God's not God today. That God was never God. That God can't do. That God is weak. That God is not powerful. That God doesn't exist. That all of this church stuff is what's made things bad for humanity. I've come by to tell somebody that God is not dead. That God is alive. I've come by to tell you that God is not weak. He is strong. God is not a God of the past. God is a God of the present and a God of the future. I'm going to tell you that God is a way maker. I'm going to tell you that God is a miracle worker. I'm going to tell you that God still can cause you to walk on dry ground through an ocean. Can I tell you that God can still bless you in spite of being in a desert? Can I tell you that God has great things in store for you? I don't care what season in life you may be, God's a faithful God. I don't care what season in life you may be, God's a powerful God. 
God. And God is your God. And if God be for you, who can be against you? My God, have mercy. You ought to be, you ought to be shouting right now. That God loves you and that God is for you. So, so God, I open up my life for the possibility of greater blessings, but whatever you do, God, never take your hand off of me and keep me from evil. And whatever you do, don't let me do evil to anyone or harm to myself. We're not asking God so that our lives would be full of things. We're asking God for more, that we can be more for God and that we can experience something that changes not only me, but changes others. God, I want to be honorable. God, I want to be pleasing. I want to be pleasing to you and I want to be pleasing to others. I care about what you think. I care about how you view me. I care about our relationship. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the first messages that I've got to be concerned about is the message that I'm sending to this blonde head woman right here. And those little girls of mine. And a son that's 21 going on 22. Am I still preaching the same message with my life? Am I positioning myself so that they can say when I'm laying there that he done well? Am I living my life that you would want to come and try to give some honor to a man that you called pastor? But am I living the kind of life that when I stand before God Almighty that I will hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You can be distracted all you want, but I'm trying to bring us back. We can stand at the river's edge and we can ask for a cup of water. We can dive in and say, God, I believe you to be the same God that you was in the Old Testament and the New Testament and that you will be in the last days. I believe that you can be that God and you are that God right now. How many serving the great I am? Stand to your feet and give God praise in this house. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. And in my spirit, I'm not going to ask for the lost or for the prodigal right now. If you have allowed the Holy Spirit to anoint you to receive Last Sunday, 
And this Sunday has been two of the most powerful messages that I've, have, I've preached in some time. I heard from the Lord. He is speaking to us right where we live today. What's happening is, is that we're learning the lesson that no matter what the, the security blanket of excuses have been, it's been snatched away. And we stand there without that crutch that we always lean on and lean to. We stand before the Lord exactly the way that we are even when we are covered in excuses. That is simply naked and open before the Lord. When is the last time that you thought about a life for God? When's the last time that you prayed a prayer of pursuit only for God? When's the last time that you prayed a prayer not out of need or necessity or hurt or pain, but of passion? God is calling to the church. He's speaking to the church and he's saying, he and she that hath an ear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. I hear the voice of the Spirit of God calling and crying out to those of us that stand here today and maybe that are watching with divided passions. A divided faith, a divided vision. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm not going to lead you into prayer. Matter of fact, for the next few moments, I'm not going to say one word. I want you to turn your hands toward the heavens. And I want you to pursue God right now. I want you to open up the closed places of your life and your mind and your spirit. And I want it to flow I want it to flow out and up to God. Right where you're at, just, just, just lift up those hands and surrender. That's the universal sign of surrender. Let it be, let it be. It should be as natural to you as anything in the whole wide world. I lift my hand. I'd rather you lift your holy hands without rafting, without doubting. Blessed is he, she that stands in my house and lifts their hands. God, I lift my hand in worship, but I lift my hand in surrender. Now for the next few moments, I just want you to worship God. Come on, I want you to open up your mouth and I want you to let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. There it is. I'm starting to hear it. Let it flow. Let it flow. And deep in my soul is a tug of war. I'm struggling to know what this life is for And I try so hard To stay in control To hold back the tears And to not let go 
always been the battle even before corona it's always been the battle of, of, of making the, the choice that I'm going to worship God that I'm going to shut everything else and I'm going to go after God but the way that we've had to live caused a great, great divide within our hearts. And I believe the choice to be able to do what we just done and the transitioning of hearing God saying, worship me, and I don't know why it is that I hold off and I hold out and I fight against what I should be giving in to and I give in to what I should be fighting. It's going to take more, more heart, more faith, more passion, more desire than we've ever had to make the right decision, to get us back on the right track. I've always said in the back of my mind, God, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know how it's going to look, but what the devil meant for evil, God, you're going to take that and you're going to turn it in 
to a weapon that we use to put in our arsenal that's going to give us the greatest victory that we've ever had as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I still believe that the Lord said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do I have anybody that believes they're that kind of Christian? That they're that kind of church? Come on, put your hands together and praise Him right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this house and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're lost, you're without God. Speaking to those that are standing here today and those that are watching today. I'm going to ask those that are here today that if you know that you're not where you need to be with God, all you're going to have to do is throw your hand up. For those that are, your, that are watching, I can't see that hand, but there are ways that you can connect. There are people that are monitoring the computers right now that's going to let me know that you reached out, that you wanted prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer with me right where you're at. All over the house, would you pray it with me? Father, come into my life. I need you. Save me. Save me from myself. Save me from my sins. I confess with my mouth what my heart believes. Jesus loved me. He lived for me. He died for me. He was buried for me. And he was risen just for me. And by faith in Jesus, I am a child of Almighty God. Before you lift that head, before you open that eye, if you prayed that prayer and you needed that, you needed that. I needed that, Pastor. I needed to come back. I needed to make things right. Just simply lift that hand up right where you're at. Lift it up right where you're at. Lift it up right where you're at. Open your eyes. Lift your heads. God's got a more than blessing. But we're learning. There's something to this blessing. Responsibility, passion, desire, connectivity to God. I love you. God bless you. Have a great, great afternoon. We'll see you. Thank you for watching the Bashley Church of God message of the week. We would love to connect with you and your family. Please give us a follow, click like, and be sure to subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. We hope that this message has encouraged you today.